Hi, you're listening to Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters, stylist of influence interview with today's guest, Ashlyn Kenny of House of Color. Hi, good evening, Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters, or good day, or good afternoon, or wherever you are in the world. Well, I hope you're having a good one. But welcome to another stylist of influence interview. And tonight I've got the lovely Ashlyn Kenny from House of Color. You know, if you're if you're making waves in House of Colour, you want to be good. You know what I mean? And this girl is making waves. She's somebody that's only hair, eight years in hairdressing. But what she's achieved in eight years, some people would take 28 years to achieve. So some people I've interviewed here have been stylists of influence for 20 odd years and probably never got the opportunity till I asked them to interview. And they've interviewed and we've got their story out there. But I just felt, you know, what Ashton's story, it's short. It's sweet. There's a lot of future to roll ahead of it. We need to get her in here because we need somebody to inspire the younger generation that are coming through that maybe feel when they look at somebody a little bit older thinking, oh, well, that's okay because it was easier for them. And then they come along and they see Ashling. So Ashling, welcome to Stylus of Influence. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Eight years in hairdressing. We first met at Star Team. Yeah. That was, I think it was was it 2018, 2017, 2018? Yeah. yeah. And, and at the time you weren't with, you weren't in House of Colour. You, you were with another salon group. And yeah. you were you were a bright spark, you know what I mean? Because I've always loved Star Team and the whole idea behind it of, of getting young talent and coaching them. And in fairness to David, it was a great idea. And I'm so happy that the IHF have continued with it. And I hope as I've one of our girls, believe it or not, prepping today for a semi-final place. And as I said, for when I get this interview done, make sure you listen to this. Because this is somebody who's <laughs> done that journey, you know what I mean? And got there because it is a privilege to get you because like there just be at least 100 entries and to get yeah. down to the final. So you've also represented really well while you were still an apprentice. You've won IHF awards in ladies fashion, color, yeah, full color fashion and senior category as well. Yeah. So we yeah, talked a little uh, bit about that and was 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 the route to competition something that you would have always wanted or is it something that maybe evolved from being involved in Star Team? Also, you've worked on London Fashion Week. So I want to talk about that. And behind the scenes, uh, um, the television awards in the UK, not the Irish ones. So there you go. So you obviously must be doing something right to get these opportunities. So let's get into it a little bit and let's start to... What, influenced Ashling to become a hairdresser in the first place so god like literally from i was about two and a half and um, my mom has a picture of me and i have my cousin sitting in literally a tie chair and i have a tie hair dryer in my hand and just from then she just said anybody who was around i was pulling at their hair playing with their hair um, it just was always in me. Um, there's no hairdressers in my family. So there's no one kind of around me that would have been, you know, someone that, like I said, oh, well, I want to follow in her path. It was just something that was in me from the beginning. Um, and right away through school, like I did transition here and um, we'd do work experience. And I think we'd pick three different places. Um, for work experience. And each time I just picked three different salons because I just knew I wanted to get into hairdressing um, and then like that I went into um, night school then while I still was in school 
just did a 10 week course in basic introductory hairdressing just to confirm that that was what I wanted to do. And just since then, once I finished school, I just got straight straight into the salon and just have loved it ever, ever since. And so, did you, was it, were you somebody who was good at school? No. Yeah, academic? <laughs> no, well, okay. when, when I say good, I'm not saying <laughs> you were going to be the next top accountant, but you were comfortable yeah. at school. So it wasn't that you, you left because oh, I hate school and getting out of here. You no. did finish school. Yeah. yeah, I finished school. So what I found with school was I loved it. Like I, I didn't have a problem going in. I wasn't, definitely wasn't the brightest spark in the classroom. I just knew that from, you know, I gave it my best shot. <laughs> but like, you know, it was kind of when you kind of come into like fifth year, sixth year, everyone's talking about filling in the CAO. And I just knew I didn't want to go to college. I wasn't academic I just wasn't I just knew that that's not what I wanted to get into and when I was kind of talking to friends and they were kind of like, what, what do you mean you're not going to college and I did kind of find even with teachers I kind of found it was very much well like you're in six why aren't you going on to that next step and I was like but I, I know what I want to do I know it's not college college isn't the route for me I know what I want to do and I I think like I I'll talk about it in a while but I think with Head Start the book um that I wrote over lockdown I think that was one of my biggest driving forces was because I kind of felt in school there wasn't really a support unless you wanted to go on to follow their their curriculum if you wanted to go on to the next step say like socially acceptable they didn't kind of want to know no one turned around and said well let me help you find a way to get into a salon or let me help you there was just none of that there so yeah I just think yeah like I liked skill but it just I knew a salon was for me definitely yeah and the, the, the reason I did ask you about being an academic is because you wrote a book but you know it's it's not it's just that you know I think our industry and as I spoke to somebody about it this morning is that we want young people to come in we have to be professional in how we approach them and we also have to make sure that they meet the criteria that you need to be a hairdresser and that means well you know when it comes to color the science involved in color when it comes to understanding i remember stephen kelly told me he didn't understand angles you know what i mean and maths but you will have to and that's why i feel the age you know in ireland a school leaver is 18 now so they usually have completed their leaving cert you know what i mean and so you writing that book and we want to talk about it a little, little bit further down. But what I want to go, when you were, when you took up hairdressing and you were in, for as much as the passion that you had for it, what were the things that, what were the challenges you had? What was the area of the, of the craft that you went, oh, can't really get this? Or did you just naturally do everything right? No, I definitely didn't actually take things. I had to work hard. I'm a visual learner, so I definitely find I'm better off watching things over and over again, practically learning. And um, the theory side of things, I really had to work at. Like, I, I do find like if I need to learn how to do a tint, I had to do 10 tints before I could know my sectioning. Like, I, I know I definitely am the type of person that has to practice, practice, practice all the time. And I think if you're not willing to put the practice in and put that time in, it's just got it's, it'll crumble it'll catch up on you you can't what I find we are training is you you can't just blag your way through some jobs and something you can but it, it will catch up on you so 
you know, I started off, like you said, in a different salon. I started off in a local salon um, near where I live and it was a great start into hairdressing and I've made friends for life from that salon. But I really wanted to, I think like I had started with Star Team um, and I kind of got the taste of competitions. I kind of got the taste of um, photo shoots and that kind of side of hairdressing and I knew that that's what I wanted to focus in. And I think the biggest challenge for me was actually making the decision to leave behind friends and colleagues in, in my first salon and actually move to house colour. Um, because I ended up having to actually, at that stage, I was four years training. And I kind of, I went to house colour knowing I had to continue my training because I wasn't finished. So I think that was the hardest thing was that I had to go back and do another year training. And now looking back, it was the best thing that I ever did because I absolutely I love working with everyone in House of Colour. But the training that I got from them was just second to none. Um, the, the House of Colour Academy, like it was my cutting side that I was very weak on. So that was definitely like a struggle for me. But with um, the teachers and everything, I think, I think Kieran and stuff we were saying before on your podcast, like you just have to go, you have to ask questions, you have to put yourself out there, you kind of have to just step outside your comfort zone to, if, if you have a goal, you just have to go for it. So, and yeah. So when, when when you were learning, like, did you look and say, you know, I can, I, I'm really, people go into that comfort zone, I'm really good at doing this, so I'll just yeah. focus on this. Yeah. But you realise that I actually like it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to do it all. To me, the, the key to success is repetition. So yeah. would you share my view in that you never stop learning? Never. And that's one of the things I love about the industry. Never. And I think once you stop yourself from doing courses or upskilling, that's when I think your career will it'll kind of nearly die. You, you need to keep moving. It's such a fast-paced industry. You have to go out of your comfort zone sometimes and yeah, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just finished reading Christy Dignam's book, you know, on Aslan. And, and he, yeah. as he said, and I was kind of put it, I always try and put it in perspective into my industry. And he basically said, like, when you get success, you write an album, you have a hit song. Great, great. And then the record company going, you throw it another album. Yeah. And then you kind of go, how will, and, and the challenge. And I think that's your own, in their industry, it's always true. You're only as good as the last guest that left the salon. Because yeah. the next guest in is that could be a whole different journey, and and the more, and and I know from what you're doing, like even if you just look at the the list that's in front of me, national television, that's an experience. You know, well, a trend vision, that's a whole other experience. You know what I mean? So competition work, was it something that you felt, you know, when let's well, say Star Team, did did the salon encourage you into Star Team, or did you discover Star Team? And say I mentioned that. So we went to, um, it was actually the first time I was at the um, Irish Hair Federation, the championships and yeah. advertising star team. And they were like, everybody go for it. And, and I was kind of like, I was looking at everybody up on stage. We had entered photographic. It was our first time entering anything. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I want that. That I want to go for that. And even like throughout school, I was never really a competitive person. Um, never really like I danced when I was younger and but I never really was big into competition. But there was just something that day that kind of gave that like 
kicking. I was just like, okay, now I want to go for it. And I did. Um, I went back to the salon and said, I want to go for this. And I worked hard at getting the entry in. And when each stage kept coming back, I hadn't a clue what a fashion model was. I hadn't a clue. I did, like, it was alien to me. Um, so then, yeah, I went for it the first year. I think it was 2016. And I got as far as the final. And I just remember the whole buzz the whole night and it was amazing and everybody looked great and it was great to get that far. And then when they called out the four girls and I didn't make it the first year, I'd say, oh, <laughs> I was in the bathroom and I was bawling. I'd say anybody who came in was saying, what is wrong with this thing? I was devastated. And I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting it that first year. I wasn't ready. I had a clue what fashion model was, so I wasn't going to get very far yeah, in the rest it, of the year. Do you know, the exact same happened to my eldest daughter. She entered the Well of Transition and came runner up in it. And the next competition, she actually bombed and she couldn't understand why. And I kind of went, because you, you didn't take any help, you didn't take any advice. You just thought, well, I've come runner up in Transition. And it was the best learning curve for her because she realized, you know, I don't know as much as I think I do. And I'm sure yeah, when yeah. you're rubbing shoulders now, you know, behind scenes in London Fashion Week. I'm sure you're looking around you. And maybe you have imposter syndrome or maybe you don't, but do you ever feel, I shouldn't be here? You know what I mean? What These are all, but then when you actually look at what you've achieved yourself, you go, no, I should be here. And I think that's yeah. something that we really need to push out in people is to have that inner drive that you obviously have yourself. So when did the IHF awards come? Was that after Star Team or... Yeah, it was after start team. So because I technically, I, I had started in House Colour um, in, I think it was the February. And because I was technically out of my four-year training, um, but yeah, I was still in, a trainee in the salon. It, the, the rules in House Colour is everybody has to compete when you're training. And I think mm. that's such a great drive because it, it builds yourself um, up for the salon floor and it does it makes such a difference when I see somebody who hasn't competed before to somebody say who competes all the time now the difference in themselves that self-belief everything just totally changes so I had to enter and David had said to me listen technically you actually can't go for an apprentice category because you're out of your time so we're going to have to go for a stylist category. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I had a heart attack and he was like, listen, we'll be fine. We'll be grand. So we went for um, the full fashion ladies cut, and I had to cut a bob. So I just remember like at the time I only started in the salon. So it's such a big salon group. I didn't know everybody, but yet the line of them just standing at the side of the competition floor and they're all cheering on I, it's something that always stay with me yeah. was that I, like these people don't even really know me but yet I just feel a part of their team they're just they've just taken me in so that just got the adrenaline rushing and I was like right I can do this it's fine there's someone standing beside me that just told me she's hairdressing 30 years that's fine I'm only a wet day but it's grand um so yeah I just got stuck in I really put my heart and soul into the whole look she's actually behind you on the yeah um, so if, you're, the, if, you're, if anybody is watching this on YouTube you'll see a collection 
and it's only a small collection of some of the amazing work that Ashling has done. And for, when you're looking, they just go for somebody eight years to even have that back. That those images there is is amazing. And I think that's part of the journey that David instills in you. You know what I mean? That everybody is capable of being yeah. at the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 everybody. There's no no. Well, it wouldn't be for you. It's it's for it's for everybody. Is for everyone. Work in. Yeah. Definitely, and I think that like you know even when they so when you go into star team the biggest thing is that they say is it doesn't matter if you're training two months ready training a year it doesn't matter what what stage you're at as you said it's it's kind of like it's your personality it's your drive it's your passion for the industry that's going to get you where you want to be if you want to be there and um, so yeah on the day then um the when the, sh the whole day was over and we were sitting waiting on the results and called out third place i had kind of hoped if i place anywhere i was like right if it's anywhere that i'm going to place it's going to be toured i'm not going to be first or second but toward got called and i remember sitting beside zara and um, who works at me and i turned to her and i go oh shut up we did it second came out and then they called first and i and it was me <laughs> i nearly died i couldn't believe it and it was the best moment ever oh, it was just it just was amazing and like that the whole team just it, it, the screams and the shouts and just again from people who I didn't even know but because I was part of their house of colour family I was I was there yeah, like David was always like rent the crowd you know what I mean uh, um, <laughs> in fairness I'll give him the coolest there that he did change the landscape of hairdressing competitions as regards people supporting the team because mm -hmm. since then I've seen other salons come along and it's I'm just looking at it and kind of going like that's how's colour starts that you know what I mean before then we didn't you know Peter Mark would bring a crowd you know what I mean yeah. but the rest yeah. is always probably the owner one or two but then it became yeah. and and it's made competitions now much better when it comes you know but the only thing is now, I do. Do you feel that that type of competition has a future? Is in out on the floor, or are people now? Because there's a lot of us older people feel that Instagram and Facebook and has created an insecurity for people that they feel, oh, you know what? I just throw a picture in, and yeah. they don't really want to go out on the floor. Whereas I always felt, like you just said, it's the making of you. You know what yeah. I mean? To be to be side by side with somebody with 20 years more experience and you produce a work that's equally as good as theirs. You're going yeah. back. Next guest in the chair now, you're going, I'm able, I'm up for this. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So would you agree with me on that then? Yeah, like I, I do like how they have kind of introduced Instagram. Like it's even like Trend Vision now. The first, the whole first um round is all through Instagram. And I do think... It, it does kind of give somebody um the, the confidence who like say wouldn't go for a competition in the first mm. place they would um they'd go for it because they don't actually physically have to be there yeah. and i think it encourages people to go for like I, I think it encourages people more people to go for it but in a way then it comes to the final and they do have to go on the floor i think it is a little bit daunting then and i think that's that's where the fourth stage, I think you do need to be there. Um, I think you need to be physically there. So I don't know. It is kind of like, I think it'll work in some things, but I, I don't think you'll beat that feeling of actually being on the floor and there in the moments. Yeah, I, I, I think, as you say, the early stages of a competition 
calm. And like, let's face it, if you're over the west of Ireland and trekking yeah. all the way to Dublin for the chance you might get a look in. But I think yeah. if you can submit the picture, the image gets you the next stage. And then there's a little bit of another stage. It's like, I suppose, star team now, when you look at it, it's a CV. It's an interview yeah. on Zoom. Then yeah. it's there. So there's, you're going, at, rather than having to take that time out, travel all the way up to Dublin, sit in interview to go back and find, you didn't get anywhere, you know? And I always feel like for us that are based in Dublin, it's, it's an easier thing, but for people outside. So I think it will open up more competition entries from around the country. You yeah. know, so so how's cool? I might not win everything then. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, so, you never know. <laughs> no, and the, look at the shoulders that you've rubbed shoulders with. You know what I mean? Like, who are your mentors and who inspires you? Because I always remember Jenny Kenneth saying, to me, well, you know, somebody can't be a mentor to me if I don't know them, but it could be an inspiration. And that's why I've always changed that question. Like who, who inspires you or who are your mentors? It's so hard. Like, I think we're so lucky in the industry that we're in because everybody who I've been lucky to work with or work alongside has influenced me or mentored me in some sort of way. Um, I was lucky enough to get on the Wella Generation Now team. Um, just after lockdown, we actually had our boot camp through zoom because i actually couldn't get over to the uk yeah um and with coronavirus and everything but i was mentored by luke benson um on that team and just well like that he was just somebody that i always looked up to and to think now i have his phone number in my phone and he said to me if you need anything you have any questions about anything ever give me a text and i can help or you know, he got us um, Liam Payne to send us a voice or a video message wishing us all good luck. And I'm like, how have I, how do we know these people? Like, it's just unbelievable. Um, he definitely has been a huge inspiration of mine. Um, another person who I got the chance to work with was Michael Gray over in the UK as well. Um, he's an amazing celebrity stylist and just listening to his stories and his passion for the industry, it just, I think when you surround yourself with like-minded people or you're in the environment with like-minded mm. people, it just, it changes you completely. You come away nearly floating. You're kind of like, it just, it inspires you to get up and go. And right if you're stuck in a rut, I kind of find if I go and talk to somebody who I know is, is going to pull me out that who's positive. And I just think when you surround yourself with like-minded people, it's, you're unstoppable. Um, and then like outside of the industry, well, even in, in, in my day-to-day -day salon life, the girls that I work with in City West are just incredible. Each of us, there's, there's only four of us style on the floor and each of us are so different, but yet we're all the same. Like we just support each other in every way. And even like my manager, Laura, like we just all are such a good team that they inspire me every day. And then like outside of work, family, friends, my boyfriend, like every, they just, I think if you find your, you're down on yourself or you feel like you can't get anywhere or take a look at the circle that's around you because I think mm. like everyone like I've had people in my life who've come in and I just know they're not good for me and they just don't support you or you know it's you need you need to get rid of those kind of people you need to be surrounded by people who are going to support you and drive you and push you the same way you'd have to be there for them um so I think definitely like day-to-day -day life as well 
you know, I have mentors that I know, and then I have mentors that I'd look up to. But yeah. And within the house of color, or am I asking? I do, I do not want to pick anybody in case you get beaten up. <laughs> well, my the art team, the house yeah. color art team, um, incredible. Just all of Zara, Jody, Emily, Natalia, like the, the list just goes on and on. Like it's incredible. David, even he's been such a huge support to me from the get go. Even taking me under his wing when you know when I was struggling with my training and he just said you can do it stop telling yourself you can't do it there's no there's no such thing as can't you just have to keep pushing yourself like I'm just so lucky to be in the salon that I'm in that it just like I, I don't think I'd have the opportunities that I've had if I didn't have that driving force behind yeah and, yeah. and part of it as well though I think is you create these opportunities yourself because we often get across people going, well, I'm not in the right salon. It's not me. It's not this. It's not that. And you had already started your journey up before you joined House of Colour. Do you know what I mean? And then that took you to another level where sometimes I think people are waiting for this magic wand to hit them on the head and say, yeah. tomorrow you're going to be amazing. So it leads lovely into, as a young influential stylist, looking at your column, what do you feel makes a fantastic or amazing stylist today and that you know what full column where you know what what goes into the filling your column um i think self-belief anyway is a big thing if you don't believe in yourself the person that's sitting in your chair is not going to believe in you and mm. um, and i just think you know like that you have to upskill don't be afraid like don't get the ego in i'm qualified now i don't need to go on courses are it's not a bad thing to go on a course like I love when I'm getting the chance to upskill I'm hopefully doing my master color program now in October and I can't wait for that um like I can't wait to get get stuck in and learn again and get back in that environment I just think education is so important and I think it makes a stylist great you know having that behind you and it's just you know having having that support behind you from like court, like that your courses and yeah I, I don't right, know I somebody just, I, that likes to do most of their own work so you like to do your own color uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I love start to finish I love and I love building like the girls just like me in the salon like if they they'd hear me talking and if I'm not talking they're like is she okay I love building a relationship with with my guests um just you know start to finish like that I love seeing I love color like if I'm starting my color I love to see the finished results to style it and so yeah I if I can I you know if my colleague will allow I'll do the whole service and then like that we've amazing colorists in the salon that that give us a hand as well but yeah no I, I do love to do yeah I, I think I've been doing a bit of research and you're looking at, and looking at how different salons operate around because obviously rent the chair and build rental in America and that's creeping at the UK and then there's still some passionate salons that want to be employers and because they feel that this not every stylist wants to be self-employed and don't push people into doing something they're not comfortable with so it, you know to me I would feel you know and you as you say education is an ongoing journey you have to keep it going but I think in order for our industry to survive, you're going to have to be at the top of your game because you're going to have to charge a premium for what you do. And the yeah. people will pay that premium, but they will pay it when the person looks the part, 
acts the part and is the part, then they don't. They, the money isn't an issue. Whereas for a long yeah. time, I think our industry, it's very we undersold ourselves and didn't believe in it. And and as I said to you, the education thing, where we go, oh well, well, I I honestly don't believe because I didn't start hairdressing until I was twenty one. I had the education, could have gone on to, done a lot of things, but there was a drive in it, you know what I mean, for me, that I just, well, to me, it was, I loved the clothes, and I loved that I could wear clothes, I could dress up whatever way I want, and it was wall-to-wall females around the place. And that was, and that was true, and then I ended up meeting one within six months, and we ended up being married, and we're together ever since. So, but to me, I remember, at the, in my first year, after six months, realising that, God, I better learn how to do this. You can't really just hang around this salon. And like that, you're, you're just lucky the salon I was in because I'd end up Padrum Gould from Zeba was a, a junior stylist, Mark McCauley, Kasumu, junior stylist. But I was a year older than them and they took me under the wing and we became great friends and they taught me. So you making that bold move to move, as I always say, look, I can take you on your journey a certain amount. But if your journey is to go beyond my salon, I want to be there applauding you saying, well done. But if your journey is to be here, well, then you have to make sure it's 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 at a level and you're happy here. And I can see it because I seen you in your salon working last week, how happy you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then, you know, I find generally the House of Colour people, when, I, when I'm in and out there, they are happy. But then, you know, if David was to have everybody still working there, we may have to fit them in. Yeah. So <laughs> some people will outgrow, move on. As David said, yeah. they go on and open their own salons and the whole lot. That is a great compliment. You know what I mean? Like I love it now and I look around like there's young stylists like you that are now in Australia that you're trained do you know what I mean and like you you to me are a role model for a lot of young people because when I look at you with the way you conduct yourself how you present yourself you're, you're beyond your years because you're somebody only eight years hairdressing you know what I mean but that shows that time means nothing it's what you put in and repetition is the key to success and you've obviously repeated over and over because you've admitted you're a visual learner and visual learners work by repetition. You know what I mean? So where does the future hold for you? Because you wrote this book and let's talk about this book, Head Start. So are you involved in teaching in House of Colour now? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I teach our um, academy. So it's our private courses. Um, so I teach them in um, Abbey Street. So I teach them on a Wednesday. Um, it's amazing. I absolutely love teaching. Um, I think I just feel really, really passionate about teaching because I feel I struggled so much um, when I was learning. And I just feel I want to be that person that helps somebody else get through because I think it's so easy for someone to crumble and go, do you know what? This isn't for me. I'm not doing it because I can't get that head of highlights or I can't do balayage, so I'm not doing it. And I want to be that person to pull them back and go, no, you can do it. You just need to practice. And I think that's where you'll see where you have people who really, really want to be a hairdresser. And then you'll have other people who tried it and it might not work. And that's fair enough as well. But I just absolutely love education. Um, I've had the opportunity with Jen now to teach over in the UK. So I've actually been, I went on a tour with them during the year um, around the colleges. So I never, I never went to college for hairdressing. So it was really nice to see that environment and how they learn. And then I got to show them little tips and tricks, how I'd help the girls learn. Like I try and change things up. I love creative work. So, you know, one of the days, one of the girls models canceled. So I 
we got cre- colorful or we got sorry um crazy colors and we did a full head of highlights with pinks and blues and purples but she was still practicing our same technique but she just didn't think that she was actually she goes oh I'm after doing a full head of highlights and I was like yeah and yeah. I because she was disheartened that our model had cancelled on her but I was like see you can we now that we you know we can change things up we can make things a little bit more creative and then like that it made her want to go then and enter into the was it the Wella I think the Wella um uh next generation uh, or something. yeah they, yeah they she wanted to enter into that thing because she was like oh it's actually not as hard as what I thought it was I was like you can incorporate you know um what you do on the salon floor every day and just change it up with your color technique or you know so I just love being able to open their minds and show them different things and take them for you know obviously they have to learn the classic stuff and that's fair but I do like then to kind of if I find if they're hitting a slump or a wall I'll just go right let's do something different and take them away from it and show them the creative side and the fun side of hairdressing because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people forget about that sometimes because I do know the fundamentals are so important but there is, it's such it's such a unique career that you know I want them to love the industry as much as I do and um, so when we, we were in lockdown I was cracking up. I'm so used to being on the go all the time. Um, so I started writing, which was going to be a blog post. Um, and I got in touch with David and we were brainstorming and we were chatting and the two of us decided that we were going to publish a book. <laughs> so yeah. what it is, it's a survival guide for people who want to get into the industry it's not technical. I'm not a technical person. So I wanted it to be as easy to read. It's right here. Yeah, there you <laughs> um, go. But it's, um, it's an easy read. It's a book that you can pick up and put down. You know, you can read the, it starts off with how to create your CV, how to um, present yourself in an interview, what to do on the first day. You know, it's things that nobody tells you. Nobody tells mm. you how to CV nobody says in an interview make sure you hand your CV into ask for the owner at the desk don't just email it in or you know sell yourself um you know then the interview go present yourself well smile don't eat chewing gum you know it's basic things that we forget as like I'm 27 I'm but like I, I like things you do forget that 17 or 18 year olds might not think they've never been in that environment before they've been in school but how many times do kids try and bend the rules in school when you're trying to win somebody over you you know it's such a big thing that it's daunting and I remember what it was like stepping on into an interview for the first time and I just wanted them to have something to open up and go right okay I need this checklist so you tick off right have you got have you researched your, the salon you're going to have you do you know the the salon owner's name who's interviewing you do you know it's just little things that you might forget when you get bogged down or overwhelmed so um have you done it, it as then, a di- have you done it as a digital magazine yet or is it just a hard copy at the moment it's a hard copy and mm. we are going to be branching out into education um with it so we want to start um an affordable training hub for assistance for as little as about 10 euro a week. Hmm. Um, so they'll get like live interactive classes with myself, with 
um, and then hopefully if everything goes well with it we'll be um, releasing two more books so yeah. one for graduating and then for being a stylist on the floor um, so it just I just wanted something that you know somebody could pick up and go you know there's a link there's a QR code you can scan and you, it jumps you straight to my Instagram page so my direct messages are open you just message me and if I can help you in any way I'm there for you I just want to be I want to be there for the girls in house colour and the fellas in house colour but I want to be there for everybody if I can help in any way whether it comes to even starting or anything that I'd have experience of that's what I wanted that book to be there like even over in the UK now with doing the colleges the, the book is over in the UK so even the connections I'm meeting and with people it's it's amazing and you have just how many how many copies now at this stage have you got a figure a roughly um a good few anyway <laughs> um i'm not sure on a on a exact over a thousand over a thousand then anyway yeah yeah but even to be over a thousand there's a lot of accomplished authors <laughs> that would have to get a thousand you know copies of that book moving would actually be delighted so for a 27 year old hairdresser who said they weren't into school to have yeah. this book to help other school leavers is amazing yeah. you know what I mean it really is fantastic because it, a lot of people want to take out of our industry and 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 it's very self-centered and and I'm not saying all but there's a lot you know what I mean and then there's people like you that come along and you know decide I want to start giving back and you're only eight years in the industry and I think it's absolutely amazing because, you know, more of you, hopefully, and hopefully if the book inspires more of you, I, I will be I'll be delighted with that because the industry's gone through challenging times. And as we spoke yeah, yeah. off camera, it's not that there isn't the clients out there. The guests and the clients are out there. It's just as a shortfall of hairdressers. So we need yeah. to find where they are. And if they're out there and not working in the industry, we need to bring them back into the industry. So that could be a book, a yeah. reintroduction. Have you been somebody yeah. who's been disillusioned by hairdressing but would love to come in but have lost your confidence? So there's your next book there for there you. There you go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's what I just wanted, something that, you know, wasn't like you get these big books with all these words in it. And let's be honest, we don't read it cover to cover. And that's what I want. We, we, we wanted this to be something that was relatable to people. You know, it has pages where you set your goals and mm. somewhere I find like if I write something down, I am more than like, I, I feel like I have to complete that now because I'm after writing that down. I, I can't let myself down. I have to tick that off. So it's just the way that I find helps me. So hopefully, hopefully it'll help. If it helps two people out there, I'll be delighted. My, my coping mechanism way of doing that was the more people I tell people I'm going to do something, the more yeah. it made me have to do it because I've told everybody. So dream yeah. out loud is my always thing. If you have a dream, you have an idea, tell everybody about it. But it'll, it'll push you to go where else people go, said he was going to do it. I didn't even do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that and that's what drives me on. It's like when I was learning the saxophone for the first time. And one of my friends said, when are you putting videos up? You're useless at it. And I went, <laughs> yeah, I know. But the more I do it, the better I'll get. And then eventually people will come back and say, they're actually getting good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we all like a little bit of praise, but it's repetition. It was the one thing I learned from learning a musical instrument was and I'm kind of going, it's repetition. The more you play, the better you get. The more you practice, the better you get. But there's some, I think, well, hopefully your book will will 
put structure into young people's lives to make sure and drill into them that there's no magic wand here. No. You know what I mean? Hard work. You know what I mean? There is no place for that. No success is gained without work, without hard work. And you enough, you have to turn up. And you've turned up for eight years consistently because I've seen you. Hence, when I approached Dave and said to Dave, I'm thinking that, and he says, yeah, yeah, actually, I think you'd be well up for it, Greg. And I went, great. Now, because I hate rejection. I hate somebody going, oh, no, I don't want to do it. And I'm, going, <laughs> or, I'm not ready for it. But I had a feeling you were going to, you know. So on the last question I want to ask you is, where do you see yourself in the next, you've kind of elaborated a little bit of with the teaching, but where do you see yourself in the next 12 years? Is competition still there? It's the edge yeah. yeah yeah because yeah we've trend vision now coming up um, and yeah, so i got silver so i'm going for gold now <laughs> so we're going again um yeah so we've boot camps coming up now for that so model hunting and we'll have that over the next few weeks and we're doing a tour with um the house color art team we're starting off galway and um, with wellish so buy your tickets <laughs> no but it's uh yeah we have that coming up soon and yeah like I just I think definitely education um I definitely want to expand more with head starts I'll have we'll have to start writing the next two books um hopefully you know the virtual um the virtual you're, you're, learning you're, so basically you're gonna be to get the edge in training in education for young hairdressers, the way yeah. David set up get get the edge for the, edge. the management and the salon owners, yeah. and and that's it was part of me doing this was that I kind of felt I've interviewed thirty seven salon owners. I need to get stylists. You know what I mean? I need yeah. people who are having great careers, having a great time, loving what they do, passionate about what they do, and that obsession isn't to open a salon. They might someday, but yeah, it's not their their focus because sometimes I feel a lot of people like I never. A desire to open the salon. It was just when we, like, I got to a certain level in my life, and I kind of, and, and I think it was Alison said to me, "If you're going to open the salon, you want to do it before you're forty, or we're not doing it." Because I was, in, I was doing really well, and Peter Mark had a good job and a great career. I was respected. I was climbing the ladder in in management. I was getting the bigger shops, and then, but then I just went, "Yeah, maybe we need to do this," and it might not work. But as I always said to young people, is leave the jar leave the door ajar when you leave do not have a close behind you because the people who've trained you got you to where you are you might need them someday and that's where you're reaching out by saying to young people you know head start is a, is a training platform to give you something that you didn't have in the beginning you might have yeah. developed a bit more of it when you went to house of color but and it wasn't to say that the salon wasn't bad it was yeah, just yeah. that they, they didn't know any better but now we know, now we know better. You know what I mean? So yeah. is there anything else you want to enlighten me on? What was it like working on the TV awards? Did you meet any celebrities? Amazing. Oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah, we got the opportunity to go um, VIP backstage with the Generation L team. So we were working alongside the Sebastian team. And um, yeah, so we were doing like producers and everything behind, you know, just, kind of prepping them for for getting on to um the stage and then we got we were lucky there was a a box left free so it's that we could go and watch the show so we had love island on one side of us we had anton deck on the other and it was just 
I was just walking around and there was nobody else but celebrities. So you had all these people, you were in the bathroom and um, like that, the girls from Love Island were washing their hands. And I was like, oh my God, do I say hello? Do I, what do I do? Because there's nobody else that was fangirling over anybody. So, you know, you kind of had to just play it cool and be like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, blend in. But you were a celebrity in yourself. Celebrity for the night I was. <laughs> but I think was, that's oh. the thing, what you find when you do that is, People are just ordinary people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but part of me yeah. reading that Aslan book is that one of my friends when I was young was the bass player in Aslan. And I wanted yeah. to find more about the journey that I didn't hear from Tony. And yeah. when I actually got to the part where he said why he left, he says, and then Tony eventually left the band, but that's not that's not a story for this book. And I'm going, I'm after reading the book to find out because <laughs> he never would really say why he left the band. And then I'm still left oblivious, you know? But the one thing you realise is that people like yourself who have won a lot, achieved a lot, have taken time out to write that. You'll find in the celebrity world, people love talking about what they, they love imparting their knowledge to you. And that's what you're doing now. And that's what it's, sometimes people are afraid to ask you know, I'd love to ask her how she done that. And now I'm getting it out of you so that all your secrets are laid down here. So what would you do for prepping now for well trend vision? Even though you're a stylist, would you still be involved in the boot camp? Or does oh, they like everybody works on it? Uh, everybody yeah. works on the on the different categories you're going for. Yeah, so to be honest, air boot camps are a support unit for all of us to, you know we're a team wherever we go like the boot camps are just you know prepare to fit you know if you don't prepare you're preparing failure to, to prepare failure to prepare, prepare to fail <laughs> the first person that said that to me was Cahill Keeley and that's going yeah. back a long time and that was probably maybe where David heard it for the first time you know yeah. it is but it's one of the truest statements ever I think if you don't put in you know you can't just turn up on the day and go oh, I'll work out because it, it never it never just works out like that you have to put in the work so whether I was you know like even Emily she she won gold last year she's going back again and she's going for it again but she'll still be at the boot camps so I think like there's no there's no kind of air race you know it doesn't matter if you're a stylist or you're 20 years styling or you're 10 years style you you just you got we go support each other and you know we get our models in and just prep and yeah, so it is, it's just it's just really preparing yourself for for the competition floor. But like that, as I said, the first round now will be photographic, and then it's there's no semi-finals this year, so it'll be straight to the final. Then whoever gets through the first round, so the interesting thing. So, so everybody that's entering will get the same photographic opportunity, or do you just take your own pictures? Um. It depends, like it depends on sometimes like we'll have professional photographers, sometimes we'll take it ourselves, just depending on what what competition because you don't need to have professional photographers. No, well that's I think that's what frightens a lot of people out. They think it has to be and you kind of go, that's a professional camera. (laughs) You know what I mean? And if you get the right and I think with Instagram there, when I look at people, you know, self-included, you know, your posts that you put up, they are very professionally professionally done. Do you know what I mean? Like you actually earlier posted up that you were doing this interview. And I went, oh, here, hold on. I better post something up that we're going to do it. And I did it back on Instagram, something back. And that's where we're all driving each other on. And that's where I yeah. feel that, you know, people like yourself, my hope today is that out there, there's young hairdressers that think 
I'm not really cut out for trend vision, but after listening to this, they'll go, hey, I could do that. You know, because when we had the hair in the the business hub, it still Lisa still runs it, but we also had the hairdresser, the you know what I mean, the stylist hub or the I forget what what the, the hair hub we called it. That's what it is, and the, and that did that stopped. But to me, by doing this, it's creating a hair hub because basically I said I want people on stage telling their story that somewhere in that audience, some young kid is looking and going, oh, I had that problem. And, and for some reason, they think that's holding them back and they can't be successful. But they have to figure out how to overcome it. And I know from this interview you've done now, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to push on in their career and expect to achieve more in a shorter space of time because you've done it. You know what I mean? And it can be done. You know, it's like... I can my, do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah. Like my friend, last, you know what I mean? Last I interviewed a friend for another the podcast, the hairdos that I do. And, and she had deaf parents and she says the one, the only thing that a deaf person can't do that a hearing person can is hear. That's all. That's the only thing. We can do everything else. And when you look at the, the, the determination in those people, and that's why we say, like, if you've got two good hands, two good ears, two good eyes, you can be a hairdresser. You know what I mean? Why? Because you visually can see what you're doing. Your hands are working and you can listen. And that's and that's the main thing. And that's so obviously something that you've done in your eight years that has worked extremely well for you. So we're at the end now. So is there anything you want to add, Ashley? Because I've really enjoyed the time here. Thank you so much for having me on. But I just think if anybody who is struggling at the minute in their training or even styling, just think back to why you started and try and remember that person who goes I want to be that hairdresser try and find that passion inside you because there was that passion there at one point so I just think if if anybody is struggling at the minute you're only going through a rough patch you'll pick yourself up and you'll be well able to to carry on but like that as I said my Instagram <clears throat> is there if anybody wants to get in touch with me I can help and if I can help in any way I'm I'm there but thank you so much for having me on I've loved it <laughs> listen thanks Ashton so from me, boring old Greg Clark, to inspirational Head Start author, Ashling Kenny of House of Colour, we say, have a great day, wherever you're doing, do at the best of your ability, because it shows and it pays off in the end, as Ashling has seen with her career. So from Greg and Ashling, have a great day. Until we meet again, may the hair force be with you. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you got this far, we must be doing something right. So please take the time to like, share, give us a five-star review, and subscribe to our podcast channel. Thank you for everything. This is Greg Clark saying goodbye till we see you again. And may the Hair Force be with you.